You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I'm super excited because we have a guest all the way from Israel. Um, so on the line with me today is Shlomo Freund, and he helps remote workers organize their money better to reach financial freedom faster. He is an author, speaker, and a mentor. Now, before we get into our conversation, I just want to do a quick tidbit from our sponsor today. So our sponsor is Jasmine Mortgage Team. Now, Jasmine Mortgage Team is licensed nationwide with competitive rates, excellent customer service, and has a solid reputation amongst home buyers, real estate agents, and financial advisors. Now, Jasmine Mortgage Team, they do do new mortgages, refinances, cash out refinances, jumbo, conventional, FHA, doctor loans, whatever it is that you need, they can help you out. And I really like the team because they will let you know what you qualify and what you don't qualify for so that and tell you how to qualify if you don't. So if you are interested in getting a new mortgage or refinancing your existing, check out jasminemortgageteam.com. Again, that is jasminemortgageteam.com. All right. So Shlomo, thank you so much for joining me from way across Across the world. <laughs> <laughs> pleasure being here, Tiffany. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to just jump right into the definition of remote workers, because before we hopped on the call, you know, we had a quick conversation because that can mean so many different things. So if somebody's wondering, am I a remote worker? Um, what are what are the different <laughs> types of remote workers? So let's say things have changed after our now with pandemic because many people are working from home but before that uh, there were several definitions and you can just put yourself in those different buckets so remote worker is somebody who works from anywhere they can and people can see themselves as expats location independent it can be digital nomads or remote workers so kind of remote workers kind of putting this all in one bucket and i've learned that people just see themselves as different, you know, the different definitions and associate themselves with a different name for the same thing, maybe, uh, perhaps. Gotcha. Now, you specifically work with remote workers. Now, are there certain right. concerns or anything different that remote workers face versus those that have access to the office or go to the office? So the ones I'm working with are generally very flexible with their lifestyle. So they might be traveling a lot or working from another from a country for like a few weeks or a month and then moving to another and then moving to another. So that brings in a lot of variables with their with their finances. I help people more of looking at the long term. So when you have all these variables, maybe it's a little harder. So I kind of help making order with all that and kind of direct the path. Gotcha. And I can imagine since you if you work in different countries, because I don't have any experience with this, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But if you work in different countries, you have to pay taxes and do different things, different ways. Is that correct? You're right. I'm not a tax advisor and I'm not a financial advisor. However, you do need to be aware that when you're moving to another country and you're there for a certain time, then you might need to pay taxes there. Uh, and every country is, is different and you really need to know what you're doing. Um, however, uh, there, are, there are also international taxes advisors for, for these kind of things, but you should be 
you should be careful from that. And also, uh, I want to mention that there are now more and more countries giving digital nomad visas. So that actually solves the problem. So you can stay between, I think, a month or even three months up to a year or two years with that visa. Uh, then whatever that visa says about your tax authority or whatever you need to pay, but it's kind of more set than just going to a country as a tourist, as a tour on a tourist visa and then just work there for a few weeks. It's kind of more settled. Oh, well, that's pretty interesting because I didn't even know that existed. So if someone was interested, there are about 15 of those now. Very cool. 15 countries. Very cool. So if someone was interested in working in, let's say, one of those 15 countries, they would apply for a digital nomad visa versus the tourist one if they were over there working. Yes, that's not to say that you can't go with the tourist one if you're staying for a relatively uh, short time, maybe just a couple of months, but do check what's the limit there. Gotcha. Very cool. So what are some tips? Like, let's say, for instance, um, let me, because I've been actually thinking about this. Um, Random example. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, let's say, for instance, I um, wanted to go to a different country to work because it's cheaper. Yep. OK, um, yep. what are some things I should do to prepare to you know, go over to that country? Like what type of research or what information would I need to know? Well, first of all, get a remote job or something that let you be out of work for a few months. Just just enjoy that geo arbitrage. Then it's more about research for the cost of living, if you can really afford it, how much you can really basically save more just by being there. So, you know, find the pricing for Airbnbs, find the pricing for food, Israel is a pretty expensive country. Almost anywhere we go, it's cheaper, basically. Really anywhere. Um, there is a website called Nomad List, and there are several others that gives you all everything that you need of the cost, how, how safe that place is, uh, internet uh, speed, everything that you need to go, that you need in order to go to a specific country or city where you want to stay, and you see all that information, and basically uh, do your calculation with that. Awesome. We can save a lot. Yeah, um, I've heard. <laughs> um, Listen, we lived uh, a couple, we lived in Thailand, a couple with, uh, back then she was a baby, now she's six years old, for about $1,000 a month for like a couple and a baby. And I assume that could have been even a little less, but that's still very affordable. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was really a nice apartment with a swimming pool and it was really okay. Yes, yes. I know I um, had interviewed um, a couple of people that are teaching in China and they were saying how much they make. I think it was between five to ten thousand a month. But the cost of living was only five hundred a piece. And it was two guys, you know, just roommating together. And I was like, mm -hmm. do you know what type of debt I could pay off with that? <laughs> you know, I used to live in China uh, for three years, I I lived in Beijing, so I know what you're talking about. It depends where the cost of living, because Beijing is pretty expensive now, but they were probably in a smaller city on all those. Yes, these are cheaper now. Yes, yes. So um, I guess with that being said, we can mention, you know, when you're looking at a certain country, maybe don't look at the main parts of the country, you know, that everybody knows about. Maybe look out some of the outskirts and that could save you some money. That's for sure. But even the, you know, the main parts of where everybody go can still be cheap enough. Depends what kind of style of living do you want, but you can, because you work remote, you can have very good lifestyle wherever you're, you're in, in that country. You basically need good internet. That that's, that's the basic thing. Right. Right. So what are some challenges? Um, so like, 
for instance, let's go back to me. Um, <laughs> if I go over to China, you know, of course, I have to worry about um, what their government, you know, laws, um, taxes, things like that. What about like um, transferring my money over? Like, how does all of that work? Okay, so with China, it might be complicated. But you know, you usually don't open a local bank account. You have these international services where people just wire you money. So I use Revolut as example. There's N26. Uh, there's, um, I'm sure there are a few American ones. These are European ones that I'm using. Actually, Revolut is also American. So, or Payoneer. So this is how you can use that money wherever you are in the world and you don't have that problem. Also, there's no use of opening a bank account if you're there just for a couple of months. Unless, and this is something, an example that I have from Thailand, from Thailand, uh, where we're looking at investing in an Airbnb property. We eventually didn't do it, but we had to open a bank account for that. So I have a Thai bank account still, which I probably need to go sometime and close, but that was the intention back then. So if you do intend to do something more serious in that country, then yes, you'd need a bank account. Ah, well, that's really good information. Um, and I know one of the popular ones here um, is called Wise, wise.com, because that's one that I use yep. to pay some people. Um, yep. So I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because I also want to get into this because I think this is pretty cool. So you also um, invest in niche websites. Now, I thought that was really cool and a good way for people to make money if they were interested. So how does this work? So flipping websites is like any other business or investment or a real estate investment. Think about when you're buying a rundown house, you renovate it and then you sell it for a profit. You can buy a website if you know how to grow it, if you understand the, the mechanics and it's a good website and you know what you're doing, you can basically get ongoing cash flow and also increase its value. It's, appre it's appreciating and then you sell it for a profit. Um, usually the multipliers for buying these kind of websites, so the cash flow is around giving you around 30% a year for uh, for uh, cash flow. However, some of that money you might want to invest back into the website for doing different things. It depends what kind of size of website you buy, of course. And you monetize it through different monetization channels. These can be ads, this can be mailing lists, this can be affiliate marketing, so affiliate offers. It can be uh, private ads. There are really a lot of ways to do that. And you can collaborate with other websites. There is really a lot you can do. So I own two websites, uh, one for the past uh, year and a half now, and the other one for about uh, a year, almost a year now. I'm always looking for buy for more. If you have an abandoned website, I want to hear about it. Please get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want me to tell you about this? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So when it comes to the website, so just to recap, so you do some research, find a website that's doing pretty good, but you can you see that there could be some improvements. So so there are marketplaces, okay? Um, the first website that I bought was from a marketplace called Empire Flippers. It's actually uh, a public company in the US and uh, they have a marketplace, but there are many others. There are about 10 to 15 other marketplaces and you can also do it privately if you know people or through Facebook groups that are intended for, for flipping and buying and selling websites. So there are really, really a lot of options out there, but it's a matter of finding the right ones 
you need to do your due diligence. You need to know what you're doing. It's not like uh, every listing is real, just like every every investment, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I thought that that was very, very cool. Um, and you also mentioned that I love it. It's <laughs> like it is. <laughs> um, and I also mentioned in your bio that you're an author. So what books do you have out right now? So I have a book that I contributed. Uh, it has uh, it broke a world record. This one is called the Growth Hacking Book Number Two. The world record is that it's the business book which is written by most authors from most countries. It's hundred authors from twenty or twenty-two countries. I don't remember the numbers. And I wrote my chapter about uh, growth hacking your finances and lifestyle, which is the roadmap that I work with and teach my client of how to balance how to align their finances and the, their their desired lifestyle. Awesome, awesome. That is so cool. So the growth hacking too. Um, we'll definitely have that in the show notes. So check that out. Um, thank you so much, Lomo, for coming on the, the podcast today. This was a very informative episode. And mm-hmm. I know that we dropped so many different websites. So don't worry, guys, because we'll have that in the show notes too. Um, we'll have links to all those <laughs> websites that we mentioned. Now, if people were interested and getting in touch with you or learning more about what you have going on, where could they find you? So I prepared a special link for your listeners for getting a tool, a net worth calculator to start moving on with their finances and you know make sense with that through the roadmap that I developed. And you can go to freefinancialself.com slash TIFF with double F. And you can find that, uh, that uh, tool there. You can download it there. Uh, you can also find me on my website. That's freefinancialself.com. I'm on Twitter, Freund Shlomo. Um, I'm on Facebook with my name. I'm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn with my name or Free Financial Self on Instagram and Free Financial Self on YouTube as well. So really any of those. Awesome. You're everywhere. Just like me. <laughs> I love it. And we also love free tools. So definitely check that out, guys. And like I said, we will have all of these links in the show notes. So if you're driving, if you're working, you can't get to (laughs) typing in all this stuff. Don't worry. Just click on the show notes and they'll be there. So thank you again so much for coming on the show and joining me from halfway around the world. (laughs) It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>